The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show. My name is Jerry Karai. I'm joined with my colleague, Jeremy Wiseman. Jeremy, how are you doing today? I am good. I am uh, at home, just a, a little under the weather. But I'm um, always excited to talk about the markets because it's been um, a pretty good week. It's been a great week, chock full of news, a lot of things happening in the market. And we're going to go over things, a lot of uh, news that came out this week. We have a lot of technicals to talk about, a lot of pricing um, action going on in the gold and silver market. The Bank of Canada as well, a lot of news coming out of central banks into next week as well. And a lot of headlines coming up, uh, coming out of, um, you know, Russia and the oil peg and central banks, just a lot of losses, Jeremy. What's going on? Yeah, I think the two biggest stories that we're going to get into today, one comes from uh, Zoltan Pozar. Um, He's a writer for Credit Suisse, which I believe they're not doing so well. I think they've got like billions in losses. Um, But he's talking about, you know, gold potentially going to $3,600 very quickly. The other is a story that's been developing something that you've followed very closely for all of our listeners, provided the information, and that's about the Federal Reserve and uh, just uh, how are they doing. We know that as interest rates were rising, that they were going to get into trouble in terms of taking on losses, and that's going to be um, something that we discuss as well. But first, as, as far as the week has been concerned, you know, silver's had a, a, is, is heading for another strong close. Last week, mm-hmm. we were looking at a close of silver in and around $22.27. Uh, today, we're recording at uh, the price is at $23.60, so we're up 6%. Uh, US, uh, gold in U.S. dollars, we saw a close last week in uh, just above 1750 in the 1765 range. As we close out the, the week, we're looking at a close closer, closer to $1,800, so gold's up 2%. Mm-hmm. And then in Canadian dollars, it, it's looking really, really good. Uh, gold, silver's up six and a half percent over the past week. Gold's up two and a half percent. This is this is nothing new as far as all of the all of the global currencies are concerned. It's um, you know gold and silver are positive in almost every currency except the U.S. dollar, which is part of that overall arching theme of you know if you're going to raise interest rates all year. Um, you know, you're going to bring some strength to the U.S. dollar. But even in U.S. terms, uh, I think silver's down something like half a percent on the year. So we're basically even on the year. And gold is, is not far down. So in, a, in what has kind of looked like a topsy-turvy year for the precious metals, I would say, you know, there's a part of me that wants to say that we kind of lost the battle but not the war. Right. But I don't think we've really lost the battle here, Jerry. You know, to, to end up close to even on the year, and the year's not done yet, in a year where central banks are raising interest rates all throughout the year, it seems that, that the demand on gold and silver has been pretty strong, and many people have been ignoring the narrative of rising interest rates. What do you think? Right, right exactly. You hit the nail right on the head as far as when we value gold and silver, we have to look at how they performed 
versus a basket of all of the currencies. And for us in Canada, we have also seen the Bank of Canada raise interest rates. They raised it this week 50 basis points. And it was, uh, you normally would think that the, the currency would, would appreciate after a rate hike. But because of the dovish statement after that followed the Bank of Canada's 50 basis point hike, the Bank of Canada delivered a very dovish policy rate uh, this week and pretty much finalized um, the, the, they also signaled that they would not rule out another a final 25 basis point. So a very measly 25 basis point hike in January. And they concluded that the bank is very close to ending its tightening cycle. So that would be it. They're going to just close the door on interest rate hikes. And that right there is the reason why the loonie did not appreciate after a hawkish move of raising interest rates. The loonie just fell off. It's continuing to dwindle. And in Canadian dollars, in, in Canadian dollars, silver's up about 6.6% over the week, higher than the U.S. price. And it's doing its job. Um, you mentioned the battle. The battle is a war of defending yourself against depreciating currencies. The currencies are being devalued because of the massive, massive money and in the, in the currency pumping for us from our central banks. And as a result, we're just seeing our currencies and our purchasing power being decimated. But if you look back, I looked back at a few invoices, Jeremy, uh, over the past few months. And for those clients who bought in, let's say around June, July, although the price of gold and silver didn't move much in US dollars, what had happened was the loony really fell off the table down about eight, 9%. So it's doing its job of defending your purchasing power. And that's the first and foremost, the uh, the foundation of setting up a portfolio is creating a foundation that is going to uh, weather that storm of currency devaluation, which is, which is stealthy, but stealthy no more. We're all seeing the prices rise. You know, what's interesting is, is adding to the fact that central banks have created a whole bunch of currency out of nowhere. You also had government spending that is um, completely unchecked. There was a report this week from the Auditor General that something like, uh, I forget what the number was, but it was, it was something like $100 billion has gone missing in, in all sorts of different CERB payments, you know, mm-hmm. that were going to, you know, people in jail or people that had passed, um, right. all sorts of things that they can't account for it. And, you know, they kind of prepped it at the time. They said, look, we're just going to send out the money. We know that some people that, you know, we're going to have to find out where the money went later. But who knew that, it, that where that money was going to be lost was going to be in the billions? Mm-hmm. And add to that that the debt in, in Canada is now over a trillion and that every single Canadian listening to this show owes $27,000. Wow. You know, you kind of want to sit there and say, I think I want to have some physical gold and silver. And when that gets revalued, um, I can certainly know that I've covered my, my portion, but this, this government spending is out of control. Turning to the central banks, which on the whole have continued to buy gold and silver throughout the year. I know India has been a huge buyer of silver throughout the year. Not only has central banks been buying precious metals, but you also have them raising interest rates, trying to, trying to save some sort of credit on the dollar. What do you think? Is that going to, has that worked? You know, that, that's sort of the narrative of this year. Last year was, we have inflation, but it's temporary. 
um, this year. We're going to fight that inflation because we, we know it actually exists. <laughs> Did they do it? You know, is, is that what they're trying to say at the end of the year here? That, well, we're going we're gonna to raise a little bit more and then that's it for the, for the year. And I think with that, we should also talk about how much the Fed is under at this point. Oh, 100%. Uh, this is a disaster, and the policy of raising interest rates is not protecting the value of the U.S. dollar. It's not defending the U.S. dollar's hegemony, hegemonic status of being that world's reserve currency. Um, you know, just, just today or yesterday, The Guardian put out the world's poorest country's debt interest payments rise 35%. So this is the emerging market, or the market that is trying to emerge um, and we know that they're holding a lot of U.S. currency, a lot of U.S. Treasury as loans. And the World Bank chief economist said about 60% of the poorest countries already at high risk of debt and distress or are already in distress. And what these nations have had to do was pivot away from the U.S. dollar. So it's backfiring against the U.S. policy, monetary policy, fiscal policy. It's backfiring. And that U.S. dollar status is is really on its last legs you have leaders this week out of saudi arabia and china meeting this week the world it's very much worth watching to see and we're seeing the results today because there are they're discussing things like paying for oil in yuan instead of u.s dollars and we know the top oil supplier china's top oil supplier is saudi arabia and who is importing the most oil is china so massive moves away from the U.S. dollar, and there is a reason why central banks are buying gold. They know what's they know what's going on, and we ought to know the same. And, and exactly what happened with you know with the Bank of Canada last week showing a historic third quarter loss of about half a billion dollars that prompted a Canadian to contact us and said that was it. That was the last straw. Um, this is you know you judge the 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 tree by the fruit. And, you know, we're all interconnected with this central, the Central Bank of Canada, all the regionals. And, you know, she's, I want to get the money out of the banking system. I want to get the money away from the Bank of Canada system. And this is one surefire way of doing this and protecting your wealth in physical gold and silver with Guildhall. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, I think, Jerry, this also, again, you know, we, we should definitely talk more about what's happening in the U.S. with with the Fed there, because as you've mentioned and followed the story about that raising interest rates would be detrimental to them, well, now that's bearing its fruit as well, because they are under by over a trillion dollars. That's right. They've lost over a trillion dollars this year. And essentially, some analysts are saying that makes them bankrupt. They're insolvent. So what happens next? You know, they've raised rates. They've hurt other countries around the world. What do they do now? They'll have to do something very drastic. Something dramatic has to happen. They have run out of options. We've talked about the two options that they've had is either, you know, inflate the dollar away into oblivion or raise interest rates. Um, you You mentioned all the time the debts don't matter until they matter. And they are definitely starting to matter. We don't know how this is going to play out, but the world is shifting. And as you mentioned in the, at the top of the show, Zoltan Pojar, he talks, he talks a lot about how, you know, Bretton Woods 3, where commodities will dictate the new world order. And this is what we're seeing, a shift towards hard assets. And that is the Real Money Show's purpose, is to talk about, you know, the, 
what money is, what money is not, and why gold and silver will be money for a thousand more years to come on The Real Money Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, that was a great first segment wrap-up talking about the price analysis of uh, silver and gold, how they've performed during the week, the Bank of Canada, lots of stuff to, going on, but we're going to get into the debt issue in the United States and beyond. Jeremy, what's going on with this uh, U.S. Fed debt? Well, they've, you know, just again, as that's a story that you've been following, that as they raise interest rates, they're going to end up with losses on their books, and they've already tallied over a trillion dollars in losses. So what happens when the central bank to that's, covering for all of the other banks is all of a sudden insolvent. I mean, I know in in Monopoly, when the banker goes bankrupt, they can just use additional pieces of paper. But Mm -hmm. at some point, someone's going to come calling and say, you owe us. And what are you going to pay when you don't have it? So I think they're going to try to keep doing what they're doing, keep trying to, you know, extend and pretend. And I think that you're also going to continue to see a whole bunch of money laundering. You sent me you sent me um, something um, in the states, another bailout bill for pension plans. Yeah, that was today. That was today. Uh, that, that came out uh, this week. Biden announced another thirty-six billion dollar bailout for union pension plans. Um, we talked about moral hazard last week, where you know these these fund managers are just taking massive losses, but there is never any accountability. But at the end, as Wall Street Silver writes in their post, at the end, it all gets added to the U.S. national debt and funded by Ponzi token U.S. dollars, recreated by the Fed, and laundered to the U.S. Treasury via commercial banks. They're just sloshing money around. We see this with the, with the overnight lending, the repo markets. It's, it, the, the cracks are continuous. This is like a, a cracked windshield that just gets worse and worse, and we're driving at full speed. This windshield's going to break in, and we're going to feel the full force and vacuum of, of all of those derivatives and all of the debt. Something has to do to cover the debt, and a revaluation is something that is being discussed. And we're seeing pegging around the world, and we're seeing a talk of a potential peg for oil. Um, this, is, this is massive stuff for the gold industry, and one that we try to educate our clients about is this is the time to convert out of paper, convert out of fiat paper currencies that which have a finite lifespan. The Canadian dollar has pretty much lost all of its purchasing power since the very end. The Bank of Canada is in, is, is in the red. The U.S. Federal Reserve is in the red. The Belgian bank just reported that they're in the, in the red. However, there is a massive pivot pivot with the uh, with the BRIC nations, the Brazil, Russia, India, China. This the solution that we see is massive because the trade continues, and we saw that they met today, uh, this week in the Saudi Arabia and China, and it was breaking news that China tells the Gulf nations to use the Shanghai Exchange for one energy deal. So this is a massive shift in the global economy when oil can be priced in something other than U.S. dollars, this is the shift. This is the end of U.S. dollar hegemony, Jeremy. And not only when you're speaking of the BRICS, Egypt just joined the BRICS. 
there was a, a report out just this morning that they're joining the BRICS. <laughs> and you were talking about basically, you know, an economic collapse. As much as we don't want to see it, you're not the only one talking about it. Nouriel Roubini came out this week and was talking about that as well, that he expects another 2008-like collapse. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about oil because this is an interesting thing. You know, oil prices have been down um, over the course of the year. It's been an election year. We know that uh, the Biden administration has been using the strategic petroleum reserves to basically try to get the prices of oil down. But at some point, you run out of that supply and you have to replace that supply. And that's where we come to this article by um, Zoltan Posar, where he's basically saying that um, Russia could sell the oil back to the U.S. with gold Mm -hmm. um, at $60 per gram. And they've set it up to basically say, well, you can you can buy two barrels of oil for two grams of gold and anything basically under a certain price um, would be beneficial to the states. Now, it's interesting. Um, I'm not sure how all of this works with the sanctions and stuff, but given the fact that you just saw the headline uh, this week with mm-hmm. um, um, with Brittany Griner, right? That the, right. that the administration did a terrible deal with Russia, the first thing I would ask is, why are you making deals with Russia when you have made them enemy number one? Right. And what you've done is you gave them, um, what, what do they dub, dub the guy? Merchant of death? That's right. Right? Well, that was his name, literally. Yeah, and so, you know, and, and leaving a Marine there at the same time. So you kind of say... None of this is really making sense, right? She, you know, they're obviously making deals with Russia, bad deals with Russia, during a time when they're putting all these sanctions on Russia. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to how, what this is going to play out and where we're going to see the money down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we haven't seen the end of this and where the money went. Because I bet you, looking at the way Obama did it with Iran and the nuclear deals, I bet there's going to be pallets of money sent to Russia somehow. And, you know, this probably could signal uh, a winding down of what we're seeing in Ukraine, just because uh, it just doesn't make sense that they would do something like this. But it opens the door to the possibility of buying oil from Russia, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? I mean, if they can make a deal like this, they can make a deal to buy to buy oil from them. And Mm -hmm. what what uh, Zoltan is saying, essentially, is there would be a spread of gold moving up to $3,600 where the U.S. could buy, could buy oil and buy it profitably even as gold rises to 3600 And what's in it for Russia? They raise the value of their book because they hold a lot That's of right. gold. Right. What, what, are your th- what were your thoughts when you saw this, uh, this headline? It kind of it makes a lot of sense because earlier in the week, Russia signed a deal with India to sell oil for $30 discount, uh, U.S. a barrel, plus a half a gram of gold, honoring the price cap. So that was the peg here. We saw the $60 barrel plus a gram of gold. It's absolutely genius. And this is what Zoltan says in this article. You're bringing back gold as a, as a settlement medium and increase its intrinsic value sharply. 
Obviously, he says that it's going to run a risk of liquidity shortfalls for banks that are hyperactive in paper gold in the paper gold market schemes, as all the banks active in commodities tend to be long the over-the-counter derivative receivables hedged with futures. So this is coupled in what we're seeing the drainage out of North America heading eastbound, fast forwarding into the vaults in India, in 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 Russia, in China. China was that mystery buyer. Of, of 36 tons over the course of this year. The shift is huge. And this, this pegging of oil now, a barrel at 60, which is the cap that Putin is, is threatening, he was threatening today actually, that the oil prices will skyrocket and hit those who propose price caps. But he has a method, there is a method of continuing to trade Okay, we'll honor the price cap of 60, but guess what? You owe us 60 plus a gram for every barrel. And you, start, you start to, he's just literally pegged. Um, the U.S. dollar effectively gets pegged and revalued versus Russian oil is what this is doing. So this is a massive, amazing game of chess that, that we're seeing that, you know, he who has the gold is really making the rules, Jeremy. This is, this is seeing it play out real time in front of us. It's amazing. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, there's been some interesting things happening in the market as well this year. As, you know, it seemed like the price, when you look at it overall, you had some big moves at the beginning of the year. You had some crazy lows um, through late spring, early summer. And then there's been this slow creep up to where we are today, where um, I heard that TD had to essentially tap out of a short position um, you know, their 15% got hit and they had to get out of the market because they were shorting the market. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Ted Butler, who's a longtime analyst in the market about the manipulation in precious metals, essentially saying that there are four big major players that short the market using paper to keep the price as low as possible. Mm-hmm. And he points out the fact that this has been a strange year for that because as you've had the price you know, essentially flat on the year, um, well, it's in positive territory in most currencies, but flat in terms of U.S. dollars, you have this massive drain draining off the COMEX, and you have people, you have investors moving out of ETFs. And, you know, this is something, Jerry, that we were ahead on the curve of. You know, back in 2016, when we started the registered accounts where we help clients put physical product into their registered accounts, when we were in talks with Questrade, we said there is a trend towards physical. People want to know that they own it, that it's theirs, that they can go to the vault and personally touch their products. This is the trend. And we mm-hmm. were bang on. We were yeah. right on that trend. That is what people are doing. And people are also realizing not only during a time of inflation, it's about actual assets and not about investments. Mm-hmm that the, it's all about the ownership and it's it's about making sure that you have access to your money you have access to your assets and so there's a, another part of that which is when you're acquiring paper versions of precious metals you're basically you know pulling the steam valve on a pressure cooker right you're diverting funds away from the physical and if, as long as people can continue to accumulate the physical you are going to put the stress on that market, which is essentially and eventually going to break. Now, if you're following people um, like Rafi Farber, 
um, who's a great analyst in the market, kind of a newcomer um, with a, a, a great cult following at this point, strongly convinced that at some point within the next year, there will be a pivot that um, that printing money will be mm-hmm. the name of the game and it'll be off to the races for the precious metals. So, you know, it doesn't really matter if, if this, this theory of Zoltan's comes true. Um, the, the fact is, is it's almost baked in the cake that when, where are you going to run? Where are you mm-hmm. going to hide? You know, where are you going to, where are you going to protect your wealth? Right. That's where gold and silver come in and you can do it in the registered mm-hmm. account. Right. You can buy actual physical product in your registered account, RSP, TFSA. You can do it outside the accounts, outside registered accounts. Take delivery. That's a great place to start. If you've Mm. never done this before, start small, you know, crawl, walk, run. Just get a little bit in your hands. See what that feels like and looks like. Understand, you know, understand it. It's it's new to a lot of people, but it's the oldest game in town. Right. Right. Actual physical assets. But, Jerry, what do you what do you make of this? You know, in a recession, in a time of high inflation, whether or not they try to beat this inflation down, um, which, by the way, I don't think they will. I, I listened to this interview no. this, this week with Jeffrey Tucker, and I mm-hmm. like him. He's like this erudite guy, very smart, but kind of misses the mark on certain things. He thinks, <laughs> yeah. oh, the Fed is going to yeah. raise interest rates, and you know, the uh, eventually the um, inflation will come down. Well. If you're not raising rates past where inflation is, and if you're lying about those numbers, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. No. And Especially I if think, you're lying about the numbers, right? Yeah, and all of these numbers keep coming out. And, you know, I, I don't know how many people are, are finding out about, you know, the Auditor General and all the missing money in, in Canada and all of the missing money. What about the FTX scandal? You know, making all of these, um, you know, all of these packages to send over to Ukraine, they put all the money into FTX and then FTX just donates a whole bunch of money to establishment Republicans and Democrats for their campaigns. I mean, that's just an amazing laundering thing. And I I actually found out this week, by the way, that Bankman Freed's brother Mm -hmm. ran a COVID research institute and all of those really, all of those papers about ivermectin mm-hmm. were sponsored by his brother's company. Well, there you go. I mean, how about that? How about, not surprised. You know, this is, this is nuts, but we're, we're all finding out about it. Everyone's going to find out about it. What people really need to understand, the question, what's the value of the Canadian dollar? What's it worth? No, no, no. To say it's 1.33 against the U.S. dollar doesn't mean anything. What does that mean? Oh, well, okay, what's the U.S. dollar worth? Can't answer that. Oh, well, it's relative to the other currencies. Okay, so you've got two boats tied to each other, no idea where they are. That's not value. But you can value things with gold. You can say, okay, how much should a house in Toronto cost in gold. Well, I'll tell you something, it shouldn't cost you 660 ounces, right? That's, that's a, a remarkable amount of kilos. Um, it shouldn't cost 650. In 1980, at the peak of the gold market, you could buy, go- you could buy a house in Rosedale, a high-end neighborhood in, in Toronto, for 175 ounces of gold. Wow. Today, it would be thousands. 
Today yep. it would be thousands. And of course, the ratio of gold to silver went 16 to 1. We know today that they're, that they're mining it at probably more like 8 to 1. So I think that people are starting to learn the story about gold and silver. I think they know that the right way to do this is to actually own it and let everything play out. But protect yourself. Have that physical product. Absolutely, Jeremy. You, I couldn't say it better. I mean, you wrapped it. You wrapped that segment up quite nicely. Everyone, you're tuned into the Real Money Show, AM six forty. The website, guildhallwealth.com. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. We right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, you can tune into our podcasts, which are now available on Spotify. We're there on YouTube, also Rumble. But you can always check us out at guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, that segment was awesome. I'd like to just rattle off a few of the headlines that amazing um, Twitter feed, Telegram feed, Gold Telegraph, highly suggested. Just some headlines that are really rattling the news um, headlines this week. First one that caught my attention was BlackRock says to get ready for a recession unlike any other. The world's biggest asset manager said this. And in January, they said the Western world was infer- infatuated with digital rocks as China was stockpiling gold. We got to look throughout history how gold has performed during recessions and stagflations. You mentioned 1980s. You just needed 175 ounces, Jeremy, to buy a house. Question is, how did gold perform and silver perform during the 70s and 80s where we did see stagflation, high inflation, low, low growth? Gold went up eightfold. Silver went up 11-fold. And this is the reason why I constantly say this market is very cyclical. You know, we have the silver to gold ratio. The silver to real estate ratio, the, 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 the gold to Dow ratio, all of these ratios are cyclical. When we see stagflation like we did see back in the 70s and 80s, it'll be much worse because the numbers are a lot worse. Inflation is much higher. The debts are much higher. The performance in gold and silver will not just protect your wealth, but you're going to profit like you've, like you've never seen. And another headline... The Bank of International Settlements, Jeremy, it's now warning. The, the, this is the headline from Reuters. The BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, which is, just as a reminder, the central bank above all central banks. They're now warning of $80 trillion of hidden FX swap debt that the pension funds and other non-bank financial firms now have hidden away somewhere. So... These pension funds, no wonder why they're getting bailed out. But this is $80 trillion worth of hidden sloshed money of hidden off the balance sheet debt in the form of FX swaps. You are hearing that correctly. $80 trillion on the bank's balance sheets. The Bank of International Settlements is now sending a clear warning. And the warning is really to stay away from this type of system, to not participate in the type of bank, the digital banking, the fiat currency system that we're moving away from. 
Jeremy, your thoughts on these two headlines? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's all about de-digitizing your wealth, as you said. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you not participate? How do you get out of the way? How do you protect yourself? Get out of the system in some capacity. You know, if you, if you put 10 15% in physical precious metals, which are so incredibly undervalued today, when you look at $300-plus trillion in debt globally, not including unfunded liabilities, not including the type that Telegraph pointed out of, of missing money off books. It's going to be a massive, massive, hard awakening. Just look at look at uh, what happened with FTX. You know, people mm-hmm. had no idea. You know, for me personally, you know, I, I don't want to disparage people doing you know with with um, crypto. But I knew something was up when you started seeing the ads on all of the, you know, in sports and stuff like that. I was like, oh, something's happening. So it's, you know, you kind of sense that. But then the other part of it is the the fact that this guy being the fall guy, right? Mm -hmm. It's smack. Do you remember, do you remember MF Global? I do. So MF Global, John Corzine who was a total deep stater, right? Basically, J.P. Morgan put a gun to the guy's head and said, you owe us money. He went into the, into the accounts, took the money, totally illegal. J.P. Morgan got their money. This guy got a little ride off into the sunset, and nothing happened, right? Now they're saying the Department of Justice is going investigate, to investigate Bankman. I doubt it. I mean, mm-hmm. who's, who's in control of it? It's like, you know, Comey investigating Hillary Clinton. You know, mm-hmm. he's on the books. So, right. you know, this, this type of stuff is, is so irritating, but you want to be out of the way. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't even know. You know, look at a guy like Michael Saylor. Buddy, you're supposed to be a super smart hedge fund guy. You didn't see this coming? You, you didn't do enough research into this? You just, you know... Like at the altar of technology, you sat down and prayed and said, this is the direction. I mean, the good thing is, is this clears out all the, all the crap, right? Yeah. Only, only the purists are going to survive. And that's a good thing. And maybe that, that becomes thing. an alter. Yeah. Maybe that becomes an alternative down the road. You know, it's funny. There was, um, I saw something on silver, um, wall street silver, that payments, there's like a payment system. Uh, I, I can't think of the name of it. Um, they're up like massively this year. Right. They're also run by, by PayPal. So that's kind of curious. People probably don't know that, but it's up, <laughs> which is basically to say, look, people are going to find alternatives. So whether it's, whether it's uh, digital, uh, digital central bank currencies um, that they're going to try, they'll probably try um, and not work. Um, no one's going to adopt it. Everyone can go to cash. They can go to metals. They can go to crypto. They can do all sorts of things. Um, and, and you've missed your credibility. You've been, and I think, I think as, as well, when it comes to all this financial stuff, it's about narrative control. They just want narrative control. They just, the Fed just wants to make it look like they're in control. Mm-hmm. But you're not. You're not in control. You never were. Oh, so 
so uh, I was I was talking about that that interview with with Jeffrey Tucker. He's a writer, right? And I like him. I I, I read articles. I, I was thinking of bringing an article of his to the show a few weeks ago. It just it never came up during the show. Um, and he in this interview he said that he said that um, uh, uh, Jerome Powell basically hated Bernanke's policies. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If that was the case, then why didn't you raise interest rates? Why didn't you raise it? Yep. You got in. You could have gone a quarter point here and there, a quarter point here and there. Instead, you tried. The market had a, a complete breakdown. You reversed course, and then you didn't do it until your hand was forced. This is going to be pandemonium in the market, and we just got to be out of the way. 100%. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show, and we'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, what is going on in the world of pink diamonds? Well, you know they they're uh, they're coming back. You had um, essentially from two thousand eighteen nineteen, you had uh, a market that was basically just interested in digital NFTs. Um, you know, the, the Facebook and Googles were going crazy. The everything bubble was, was raging and it was sort of like, well, if you can't get me a return every quarter and it's double digits, then I'm not interested. And mm-hmm. so they kind of fell out of favor, I'd say for a couple of years there. And then you had COVID for a couple of years. So, you know, that market kind of shut down and you know, because it's a handshake market and jewelry stores were closed. And then as as things opened back up again, the recession talk has started and inflation talk is, is obviously with us and people want real things. Mm-hmm. And the, this is a market that it's a long-term market and it's a profitable market. It's been interesting to look at the performance over the last decade and say, you know, if you, if you were holding a diamond for 10 years, even with four years where nothing was happening, these diamonds are still profitable in, in most cases. I mean, it, it's a subjective market. It's, they're not all the same, but that's what's happened. And so, you know, this is a, a generational wealth, this is, a, this is a place where you can put wealth into for a very long time, and it will, it will be there, and mm-hmm. it will grow. So I'm very excited about it. I've seen some numbers coming out of uh, diamond companies around the world, and in Pink Argyles, the numbers that are going out have been stunning. I'm not sure what to make of it quite yet. I'm going to be a little conservative. I'm going to kind of pause and wait to see what's going on with those numbers. But definitely the, the auctions are starting to pick up again in the diamonds. So it's pretty exciting. How about you? What do you think? 
I was looking at the, so we know the, the pink, the Argyle mine closed in 2020. And as a result, you know, the marketing push from, from Argyle and Rio Tinto has just been phenomenal uh, up until that point. But it continues. We're just we're seeing that Rio Tinto is, is continuing to manage the Argyle brand rather than sell it off which comes as a very welcome development. Rio Tinto's plan to uh, implement a few services coming up, which is indicative of a very strong market going going forward. They're looking at a, a certification service. They're looking at a, creating a trading platform for certified Argyle Pink Diamonds, which is massive. You do need that trading platform coupled in with the um, the fancy color research foundation, perhaps, and actually a beyond rare, a beyond rare tender platform so this is amazing developments we're seeing coming just overall knowing that this is inflation protection and diversification people want physical tangible assets like gold silver and a natural fancy color diamond like a pink and are also desirable because as they can be stored outside of the financial system and this is one reason to to consider a natural fancy color diamond from Guildhall Wealth. Jeremy, your thoughts on those developments? Yeah, it's well, it's great, especially since you know that within a generation or two, there will no, be no more mining. It's going to be all secondary market. So that's going to be very, that's going to be huge for the market as well. Um, you know, no more first premier markets, right? You, that's what happened with Argyle. That's it. Right now, the only Argyles that are out there are secondary markets. So that changes things in the, in the marketplace. So I think, look, it, this is all about ownership of assets in times of, um, you know, when, when things are, are going to be topsy-turvy, as it were. And I think that it's definitely something to consider for diversification's sake. Um, you know, a lot of people will look at gold and silver. They can, you know, they want to own more than the 15%. That's fine. It's kind of the sleep at night rule. If the markets are keeping you up at night, maybe you have too much in the market. If gold is keeping you up at night, maybe you've got too much in gold. But definitely something to consider for a diversification. 100% Jeremy and the motto here at Guildhall Wealth is if you cannot hold it you do not own it and the time for owning real assets is here and today's show is just a pleasure thank you everyone for listening and tuning into this episode of the real money show Jeremy thank you for another great show all the news that you bring to the table your wealth of knowledge is, is amazing thank you for tuning in to the real money show on AM 640 Toronto the preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.